Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Thank you for listening to the East West Football Podcast. I'm your host, Fidel Barraza. Alongside with me are my co-hosts, Kendall Whitley and Jerry Martinez. How are you guys doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Hope everybody else is doing good. I'm kind of lost. I mean, what day is it, right? It's Wednesday, right? Hump day. But it's your in-house GM, Jerry. Thank you guys for inviting me back on the show. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. You don't even keep track of what day it is anymore. I mean, <laughs> I'm home every day and I'm working from home. So it's kind of, uh, you know, you kind of forget sometimes if it's Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. But today is Wednesday. So happy hump day. Right, it depends <laughs> on uh, what uh, time zone you're in, right? Because you, you are in the Pacific. I'm on Central. Kendall's on Eastern time zone. So, so right. it just depends sometimes, you know, when we do match, when we do meet up, I mean, th- this is truly why it's the East-West podcast, right? It's everything in the, from the East to the West and everything in between. So, I mean, it is what it is, but we just out here to put a great content for you guys, share with you guys what we've, you know, been studying and what we love and our passion. Yeah, for you know the new uh, listeners that um, that are listening right now to our podcast. So I'm in California, Jerry's in Texas, and Kendall's in North Carolina. So you know, totally different part of the the states. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of funny, right? Whenever you think about it, because so right now it's eight ten over here in California. And Jerry, it's ten ten, right over there with you. And then Kendall, it's eleven ten. Eleven ten. Because I feel so. bad for Kendall because when he when he gets to go to bed, right? It's it's sometimes it's <laughs> it's one thirty his time, uh, and 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 I feel bad for Fidel in the mornings because we're over here calling Fidel. <laughs> it, it is like it's like four thirty yeah. sometimes at uh, four thirty in the morning that we're calling Fidel. You know what I mean? So. But I mean, and a lot we get we get confused. Like we all think we're on the same time. At, at, at but it's time. cool. That's how that's how teams work, and and we all gel. I mean, nobody, you know, here we just work together. We just try to make help each other become the best versions of ourselves, and uh, you know, we help each other to to be able to put put forward a good show, you know, good entertainment while you know while all this storm passes over us right now. Right. Yeah, and uh, guys, let's uh, make sure that you're following us on all social media platforms. So we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you can download this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Um, so, yeah we're, yeah, we're on every single platform that you can think of. So uh, just make sure you subscribe as well. So that way you get uh, new uh, notifications whenever we do release a new show. Well, everybody's taking a break. We're putting it out there for you. Yep. 
Yeah. All right, guys, let's get started. So it's been a slow week in the NFL. Uh, the only real news that has came out was, I believe, yesterday, uh, reports came out that Tom Brady uh, did not have a good relationship with Josh McDaniels, and that's one of the key reasons why he decided to leave New England. Uh, TB12 actually came out in the news, and, and I believe he tweeted a message saying that that was not true, that Josh McDaniels was like a brother to him in New England. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts? Yeah, I tell a lot of people when Tom Brady left New England, I say give it a few weeks to a month. It's about to be some things coming out of there. Then some of it's gonna be true, some of it's gonna be false. And look where we at now. Me personally, I don't, I don't believe that rumors are true because it's just all of like for for so long we've heard nothing comes out of New England. Now all of a sudden, when Tom Brady is no longer a Patriot, all this stuff comes out. And Tom Brady also just just to correct um for a little bit, it was tweet was on Instagram. He put on he went to Instagram and actually mentioned. Josh McDaniel's Instagram name in his story. He was like, man, y'all stop the, the false reporting. This is nonsense. 19 years, it, it was a great friendship, and we are still friends, friend, friends forever. And this, that's, what, that's, what the report, that's what he said on Instagram. So I'm like, it's just, I, 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 tell, like I, said, I tell a lot of people, once, once Tom Brady leaves, it's going to be stuff coming out of everywhere. And, and, and this came, it's came to, to fruition. It's actually happening. Like, I, don't, I don't believe, I think a lot of, I saw what Tom Brady did. I don't know who who sided who's it coming from. If it's Tom Brady's account or if it's McDaniel's account, but this, this is this is this is this is a bunch of bogus bull, bull crap. I don't think it's true. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know how they say where there's smoke, there's fire. But in this case, I just think it's it's just maybe fans and some media trying to make a story right now, right? Because there's really not many stories. So you know, you get you get a a superstar in the league, you know, who's at the back end of his career about to make a, a, you know, his last, you know, year or two push into getting into the Super Bowl and try to win a Super Bowl with a different team, right? So, if anything, I just think it's just a story that just kind of caught fire. And from there, you know, you got some media outlets that just trying to keep a story, a good storyline going. And, you know, it, it's hard, you know, like, it, it's just, it's just like any, it's just like any, any one of us that are doing a podcast. I think that, you know, sometimes we're looking for a good story as well, but, here, you know, we're just trying to keep it, you know, we're just trying to keep the truth, the truth and, and, uh, you know, whatever, whatever that nonsense is, just keep it as nonsense and just leave it there. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's completely uh, bull crap. Uh, just when you think about it, when Josh McDaniels is going to be the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts and he backed out in the last minute and went back to New England. I mean, if he was already out the building, don't you think if Tom Brady didn't have a good, uh, good relationship with them, he probably would have kept them out? Definitely. Right. Great point. So, yeah, I just feel, you know, it's this offseason, you know, it's kind of unique, right, with everything else going on. Uh, there's not much news out right Rams now. Uniforms? Um, well, I mean, we all know those are trash, man. Uh, Rams, Rams, what are you thinking, man? Like, why, why change the uniforms? The uniforms were the least of your problems. <laughs> And, and and now you have that problem on top of everything else that you do have. So, um, again, well, just, you know, speaking of the Rams uniforms, uh, yeah, they're horrible to me. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to I'm going to stick with what you said. Initially, I do like the uh, the the old school, you know, the, the feel to it. I think that a lot of teams are starting to make that transition to the college feel. Nothing wrong with it, but I'm just saying it's it's good to. Add to your arsenal, but not take away, right? Like, in other words, don't replace. If it's not broke, why fix it? You know what I mean? That's why the 
Oakland. Um, sorry, the Las Vegas Raiders. It happens every time. That's why the Raiders are, you know, one of the one of the top teams in in, in the league. That's why the Cowboys are one of the top uh, teams in the league. You know, authenticity. You know, something that you can always count on, right? That same colorways that we all cheer and root for. Um, I I can't say the same. I can't say the same for the Patriots. But anyways, getting back on subject. <laughs> yeah, and you know, staying with the Rams. Hey, man, you got to pay the man Todd Gurley. He says waiting for his money. You have till yeah. June first. Right? It's crazy. I mean, we got that's a story to kind of keep uh, keep an eye on. Especially uh, we're creeping, we're creeping yep. right around the corner. We're already mid-May. That's crazy. I thought a few weeks yeah, from June like first. Just started a couple days ago, but <laughs> time's flying right now. Yeah, and then also too, uh, I believe that they owed money to Clay Matthews as well. It's going to be interesting to see what what happens with that. Uh, but mm-hmm. Todd Todd Gurley did make it very uh, public on Twitter that the Rams better have his money by June first. <laughs> and uh, that last report also right with Joe Buck. I thought that was kind of interesting. We had been talking about that during our conference this week too, uh, about what Joe Buck said that if if the NFL is going to proceed without no no fans, that they were going to put out you know uh, the the fake audience to to be able to hold the games live. So yeah, they're gonna pump audio out like the Atlanta Falcons did uh, a couple yeah, years back, yeah. right? They got yeah, they got punished for that too. I, I, you know what? I want to say that there was another team that did that as well. I just can't <laughs> recall who else it was. <laughs> it's easy to point the finger at the Patriots, right? But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're just gonna pound on the Patriots. So, you know, I mean, they, they, they are they are cheaters. I don't, I don't, and just to clarify, I don't think that the Patriots are cheers. I just think that they understand the rule book. I do. I, I, I think, I think that the organization, the coach, they understand the, the the playbook, and they use every inch and corner that the playbook gives them. They, they, they use every gray area that's in the in the rule book. So I just think that that's what you got is a, a an intelligent organization that's gonna just bend it until it breaks. Well, we're going to see how intelligent they are this, uh, you know, the season coming up. You know, no no TB12 anymore. That's a new era in New England with uh, Jared Stenham. We know uh, Ken yep. was a big fan. Yeah, what do they what? Hey, I think Jared Stenham's going to prove a lot of people wrong. I was talking to somebody earlier. Well, Coach Belichick calls him Stead. I call him Steady, <laughs> but Coach Belichick, Belichick okay. calls him Stead. So, hey, I think, hey, Kendall. Can can you uh, elaborate a little bit more, you know, about Jared Stidham for maybe you know some of the audience that don't uh, they don't really know who he is? Where did he, he come he from? A, he come from Auburn. He um he was a, he was a highly recruited player play out of Auburn. He started at Baylor, as, as a college, which is a college in Texas. I mean, he all did. He left Baylor after one year and he, then he transferred transferred to Auburn. And I mean, everybody, even Cliff Kingsbury came out like today or yesterday. He was like, man. The, he, you know, cause he was in Texas Tech. He, he had him in te- had him in his Texas Tech camp, and he said he seemed like he has an arm, and that's 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 very intriguing when you have a head coach coming out about another team's quarterback. I mean, and and Cliff Kingsbury, I said, oh, you guys, you can pull it up. You get a chance. You pull up the article. He he it was a nice article he wrote about. He, he was talking about Jared Stidham. He was like he believed the Belichick and the Patriots got their guy and Jared Stidham because I mean, if you look at the moves the Patriots have made. They really haven't addressed the quarterback position because they really, us on what what uh, what us on the outside know about Jared Stidham? 
we don't know nothing. But see, the Patriots, they know something about him. So what I'm thinking is, I mean, they maybe they know something we don't know. And I think, I mean, he's going to be good. His his head coach at Auburn, Gus Malzahn, he came on last week on um, on NFL Net where he was like, man, Jared still he, he probably just still the draft. He would have came in this draft, he would have been a top twenty pick. Is what Gus Malzahn said. He's one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. He lasted to the fourth round last year, and I think fans of the Patriots and fans around football fans, they're going to see what Jared still what what he can bring to New England Patriots. It's definitely going to be an interesting storyline. I, I definitely I definitely do think that this is something that we should all be paying attention to, especially during the uh, preseason, and then uh, see how he does in the in, in the regular season. See if they if he's able to you know have that kind of pressure on his back every week to week and be able to prepare because you know there's still a quarterback out there that I mean he's been in the league he's played at a star level yes there's yes a lot of people do get afraid are afraid of him getting injured because of the way he plays but you know you got Cam Newton still out there so you know Stidham I, I don't know I mean I, it looks like the Patriots are sold on him he did good when he was at Auburn but I mean you're talking about the pros. But, I mean, definitely the Patriots have done a great job selling the, the fans on Jared Stidham. It's interesting to see. I'm interested, I'm very curious to see how he does. Well, the spotlight is definitely going to be on that young man because I believe they have five primetime games, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. The The other, you know, you know, sticking with quarterbacks, the other interesting um, thing is, you know, in New and I'm sorry, in Buffalo, with Josh Allen, um, you know how he's uh, he likes to run the ball. Uh, you know he's not scared to you know to take some hits and whatnot. But Jake Fromm is actually not backing him up, and that's a quarterback to me that in the draft was very underrated. Uh, he was a smart quarterback at Georgia, uh, and I just feel like, hey man, if Josh Allen gets hurt, this is somebody that can step in and play right away. Yep. he does look like a top quarterback. Jake Fromm will be. A, a, he looks like a quarterback that's going to study the playbook, understand his assignments, and be able to deliver the ball where he needs to. I don't think he has a strong arm like like Jared, like I mean, like uh, Josh Allen does, right? Because Josh Allen can really cut the, you know, he can cut the air with the ball the way he throws it with such velocity, and that and that's the only that's the only knock with Fromm, but definitely he's a bookworm. He, you know, the type of is he has what you'd want in your quarterback, right? One that understands the playbook inside out. Yes. And guys, what's going on with Dak Prescott and, and the Dallas Cowboys? I mean, reports came out right that they had made him another offer. Uh, I believe a five-year, one hundred and seventy-five million dollar contract worth one hundred and six million guaranteed. Yeah, I think it, I think it just comes down to the years. Uh, I think I think Dak wants four. Cowboys went five. Uh, of course, the reason why the Cowboys like to sign these long contracts of you know, five, four, five, six years is because they're able to uh, adjust adjust the debt, the debt money if they decide to get out of that contract early. So it's just about giving the upper hand of who who gets the uh, the 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 most guaranteed money uh, annually. I think the annual salary was going to be about thirty five million on that contract. Whew. Yeah, that's that's gonna be that's big. It yes, is. that's a lot of money, man. That's a lot and, of money. Um, been, I've been seeing reports. I think it was um, uh, what was that former Redskins um, one that broke his leg? Not Alex Smith, the uh, the quarterback, Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann put put out a statement uh, that if he was in if he was in Dak's camp, he would tell him take that deal 
Yeah, take the deal. <laughs> take the money. You, you, what take what have money. you done? I mean, what have you deserved? You know, it's, yeah. he's right. Well, he hasn't done I mean, anything. There's some people. I mean, being you know from Texas, it's you know either the Cowboys or the Texans or the Titans. Don't ask me why the Titans, but those are the three teams that that people from Texas generally. I'm not saying everybody, but generally, like those are the three top fans in my area that people really enjoy following. Uh, but uh, just just looking at it, the the Cowboy fans are kind of torn. You, you got the new the new age, right? The new the the younger the younger generation they love Dak. The older generation, they 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 say that Dak is ba- basically a glorified Tim Tebow, which is crazy, right? Uh, I don't I don't see the Tim Tebow in him. I do see the winner instinct in him. Uh, when you know when everything breaks down, he puts his 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 body out there in line. I think that they're banking on on his maturation, and I do think that they have the right coach to get him uh, to be the quarterback that he's supposed to that that's supposed to be earning the thirty five million a year. Right. Hey guys. Also, too, I did forget to mention that there is going to be a new Monday night um, football crew as Joe uh, Tessator and Booger McFarland are not going to return to the booth. Who do you guys see as some replay, uh, replacements for them? Uh, I think maybe like Steve Levy, ESPN anchor. You know, he, he's, he I've seen him cover some XFL games, college games, and I've seen him cover a Monday night football game for the Raiders a while back. I think he'd be he'd be great. Um, what about Keyshawn Johnson? Maybe maybe him. You know what I mean? Or, you know, maybe I think either those two guys, you know, there's a lot more candidates for that position, but I think those are my two top – my for the for the position, I think that Lewis Riddick is slowly starting to be the 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 flagship yep. for the flagship in sports, right? Uh, I think that he's he's really earned his stripes there at ESPN. And, I mean, just the way he talks with so much knowledge and so much intensity and with so much conviction, I think that he's really really an interesting person when you actually hear him, uh, even during the draft process, you know. He he sounded just as confident as Mel Kiper and and uh, Daniel Jeremiah. You know, sad, sadly we didn't have Todd McShay, but man, I mean, he did make he ma- he makes a draft interesting. You know, he makes NFL Live interesting. I think that he would be a great addition. I think it would be kind of it'd be kind of great if they brought in a female, right? Uh, what's her name? Mina Mina. Uh, what's her name? She's she's also an ESPN analyst. Uh, so I think a pairing like that, right? Mina and Lewis Riddick. I think that would be, uh, uh, you know, awesome. But if they can get Reddick to do it and bring in maybe a, a player, uh, uh, you know, a, a good player to do it, everybody except for Dana Orlovsky, I think they'll be all right. Man, I I wonder how much they, they miss Mike oh, Tirico right now. Um, and imagine wow. Mike Tirico with Lewis that Riddick. Would, that, that would be an awesome pair, man. That would be great. Yeah, Tirico, Tirico is, is – um, he – I mean – He's like the gold standard. Yeah, but I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I do see maybe Steve Levy and um, and Lewis Riddick being a you know a great pair of yes. teams for Monday Night I Football. I think the only thing that would hold back Riddick is because he's been in the last couple of years. He's been in a, a people people have been interviewing him for a general manager position in the league. So I mean, it, it'd be interesting to see if he does take the job. I think that uh, I don't think it's gonna hurt. You know his chances of becoming a general manager. So I just think that money, especially with all the great Monday night games that, that we're gonna have this this season, 
I think it's good that they have a good pairing as far as your co, you know, your host and co-host, just like we have here on East West Football Podcast. You know, agree. NFC West team needs addressed or not? Kendall, if you want to start that off for us. For Jared Goff, quick outside to Everett. Everett inside, touchdown. It's George Kittle at the bottom. Somehow the handoff into the arms of Mostert. He's gone. Touchdown, San Francisco. Kenyon Drake, room to run. He's got a first down. Drake across midfield. Down the sideline he goes. Kenyon Drake. He's in for a touchdown. Wilson looking right throws. This is Carson breaking a couple of tackles. Carson strolls into the end zone for the touchdown. We'll start off with the in the, in the NFC West with the Los Angeles Rams coming into the draft. They had they had enough. Well, you could say they had needed running back. So I mean, they went to the draft. They got Cam Akers out of Florida State. He's one. He's in my in my draft. He was like a top five running back. He's one of the most underrated running backs in this draft. So I think they addressed a need there in, in a big way because he. I mean, I think I think he's going to be a very good player for the Los Angeles Rams. And they still got Darren Henderson there. So I mean, they 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 got Todd Gurley out of there. He went to the Falcons and whatnot. So they, in comes another Florida um guy. Well, a Florida State running back is in Cam Akers. Um, then they got in in the second or third round they got Van Jefferson, uh, um, a slot wide receiver. He, he's a slot technician out of Florida. I mean, he he um he he actually transferred from Ole Miss. Into, so he he was behind all those receivers with DK and um. The receiver out of Tennessee, AJ Brown, and, and some more receivers. So he was pretty good there. He transferred to Florida for two years. So he's a slot technician. He's a real, he's real good in the slot. He also can play outside. I was, I, was, I kind of thought he'd be a great fit for the New England Patriots as well. But the Rams, I think they got a steal there in Van Jefferson because you know they traded Brandon Cooks away about a month ago. So I mean, you get you get Van Jefferson and then you and you get Cam Akers in the top couple rounds. I, I think you address your needs there. What, what you guys think, Jerry? Well, when you, you when we were covering we're covering the Rams, um, when you look when you look at the Rams' top needs, right? It's offensive tackle, guard, edge, and defensive tackle. But when you look at the Rams, it kind of looked like they they were dismantling their team, right? Trying to get out of some bad contracts, um, and you know they weren't they lost Dante Fowler, um, traded away right, right, like you said, Brandon Cooks. Uh, they did try to they they try. They did try to get that outside linebacker and Leonard Floyd out of Chicago, but I mean, overall, I mean, was he ever, was he ever a true edge? I mean, I know he had one good season. After that, he he still has been a, has not been able to really, uh, how do you say it, ad- adapt his game to what you know what it is that he needs to improve to be a true pass rushing specialist, right? Um, like a, like the Von Millers or or you know. Um, Give me another name out there, uh, Von Miller, or uh, I. I, was, Khalil Mack. I didn't want to. Khalil Mack. I really want to break your heart. <laughs> I didn't want to break your heart, but I wanted you to say it. So, anyways, Khalil Mack. <laughs> so, so, but overall, when you look, when you look at it, they did. Uh, they did fill their needs. I do think that this draft, though, is one of the scariest drafts from from all the teams because they added. They added. Basically, the players that they they added through the draft are potential boom or bust players. Cam Akers, uh, Van Jefferson, 
You got Terrell Lewis. You know, I, yes. I I think from all of them, the, the sleeper pick, the one that's going to be a good, you know, really good prospect that's probably going to play, a, a, you know, have a, a pretty good career in the NFL is Terrell Burgess. Uh, I don't want to take nothing away from Terrell Lewis, Cam Akers, or Van Jefferson, but they do have that, you know what I mean? It's just uh, some of them were, how do you say it, like the health, the health concerns, especially with Terrell Lewis. I think that he's a special, you know, pass rushing, um, a pass rusher, but he couldn't stay healthy. And so that's the one thing that you always, you, you know, that kind of makes you like, ah, you know, you want a little bit more of a, of, of a sure thing. So I think what, with what they had, right. Because they didn't have much draft capital. They were able to fill the needs that they, you know, from, from what they dismantled in, in the off season. So overall, did they feel, fill the needs? Yes. I would have liked them to address the quarterback position. Right. Cause there's a lot of, uh, you know, I mean, number one, some people were just kind of saying Jared Goff is not, it's not the quarterback that, that everybody thought he is. And that, and that's terrible because once that gets into a quarterback's head, there goes his whole mentality, his whole psyche. So, you know, it would be good to bring in, you know, especially with a with an offensive mind like, the, like uh, Sean McVay, you know, you would like to see him bring in a quarterback and kind of groom him the way he, he knows how to read the defenses, right, and not have any kind of pressure. And you know there were still a lot of quarterbacks left on the board. You know we 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 just talked one, about one from right, but unfortunately with this whole dismantling, they had to redo their whole entire draft. But overall, overall yeah. they still had some holes, but they did get some. They did they did meet their needs, but they left a lot of holes. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things with the Rams. So number one, the the bad contract. So let's start off with the Jared Goff contract. Um, I know I had read this offseason that they were going to try to re restructure that con- uh, contract that they gave him uh, last year or the year before that. Uh, also, too, listening about that, you know, Aaron Donald contract. I mean, we all know he's a very good defensive player. Uh, is he worth the money? Yes. Uh, but now, if you kind of think about it, it's kind of set them back, right, as far as whatever they have, you know, as far as the cap goes with that team. Uh, you know, they traded for Brandon Cooks. They just traded him away uh, again this offseason to the Houston Texans. So this whole franchise, I mean, they have some bad contracts on that they need to figure something out for them. Uh, second thing would be, uh, you know, needs addressed or not. You know what? To me, they have a lot of needs and that would, you know, still not address. Uh, number one would be the backup quarterback situation. Just, you know, kind of elaborating on what Jerry was saying, you know, he, he really didn't have a good year last year. But the only, you know, the thing I will say about Jared Goff and his defense is, you know, whenever he did have a good year, what did he have? He had a good, he had a really great running game. Yes. And, and he had a great defense. Uh, you know, the Rams are still, they're, they're under construction, just like their stadium. Uh, there's still, there's still a lot of moving parts, that, you know, some things they need to figure out. I think it's going to be tough sledding for them next season. Yes, I, I can't agree with you more there for, for that because I, I, I think they addressed their needs or what they, they addressed their needs or whatnot. But I think they could have got some better value players there too. Um, moving along here, going with the the, the San Francisco 49ers. Uh in the first round, what they they got uh, Javon Kenlaw or whatnot. So I think that's a pretty good pick for them. And where they got him, I think is a steal because a lot of people thought that he'd go a little that he probably go right there in the top five to top ten range, or maybe the top ten. But um, the 49ers actually they got them outside top team, so that's that's a pretty good pickup for them. You know, they, um, they lost some D line depth during the offseason and whatnot. 
I think with Javon Kimmel, he's going to be a stud there on that defensive line there for the Niners. Um, then in the next round, they got they traded back into they got in the, they traded back to the second round and they got what Brendan Ayuk. It was it no, no no I'm sorry that, that that's bad on my part. In the first round, they got back into the first round. They could have had two picks and they got Brendan Ayuk there. So I think that's a great pickup for the 49ers. There. He's a long receiver. He got, he has a weird frame. And I think I thought the um I thought it was going to go a different route. But a lot of, some of my people told me that the 49ers had their eyes on Brendan Ayuk for the longest when they were scouting the kill Harry come out of last year's draft. So I think I mean their needs addressed it because they lost Emmanuel Sanders. So I mean they get they get some great young depth there. They get a lot they get younger the offense and getting some weapons for Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think needs addressed there. I think they were addressed. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just say uh, real quick their needs were safety, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and cornerback. So when you look at the when you look at the big picture, the 49ers they really they really did their homework on this draft, and they did their homework on the future of the actual uh, of the actual foundation of the team, right? Because when yes. when you look at it, the way they were able to get to number fourteen, right? Because they traded, right? Thirteen, they just went down one, right? Thirteen to fourteen with no nobody saw that trade yeah. coming either. Yeah, right, because that way. was in the draft, right? So, anyways, all they did was just kind of basically they the 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 way they got to that pick was trading uh, the Forrest Buckner right to the Colts, right? So then, so now they have two picks right in the first round. So then now now you look at it, okay? You're like, well, wait a minute. Then they 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 re-sign Eric Armstead, right? So they gave him a long-term contract extension. So you start you stop you look. Well, why won't you do it to, for the, the Forrest Buckner? But then it starts to make sense as the draft is unfolding for us. But when you look at the 49ers, I mean, they completely stole the show. If you stop and you look at it, because they walked away. Uh, yes, they, they walked away with Javon Kinlaw, Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk is a very special wide receiver. He could do punt return, kickoff return, aside from, you know, everything that he can, He's a great deep ball wide receiver. I mean, you could just get him on crossing routes. He's going to make plays for you. So I know that Cal Shanahan's a very, very – you know he has a great mindset when he went to get his wide receivers open, and this is, this is kind of like his prototypical wide receiver that can make plays for him uh, on crossing routes and, and getting open after the catch, right? The yak. So, but as as the draft kept on going on, you know they were the, uh, Joe Staley retired, and then boom, they traded for Trent Williams, and they and they stole Trent Williams from the Redskins. So when you look at that, you know uh, overall. And then, and then, just recently, they declined the fifth-year option on Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas was supposed to be their defensive end, but he was having more success at the D tackle position. So this just goes to show you by drafting Javon Kinlaw, that kind of frees up the money that it would have taken to re-sign Solomon, you know, Solomon Thomas. And they're able. What they basically did was they reloaded to make another run at the Super Bowl. I think they actually stole the show here. You know, they re-signed Jimmy Ward. You know, uh, along along that, they lost Solomon Thomas, but they got Brandon Ayuk. So I think what they basically did was reload it, and they retooled. They got younger. They got better. They got stronger. And watch out. I think the 49ers are going to make another heavy push into the into the playoffs, and they're going to be right there uh, as Super Bowl contenders again. It's going to be a very hard team to, to beat this year. So, you know, you know, just going back to the 49ers, so everybody was expecting the draft um, – Jared Judy, you know, and he was available at that pick. And then when they draft 
you know, when they drafted Javon Kinlaw, everybody was like, what the heck? What are they doing? So then as the draft goes on later on in the first round, they, you know, they draft a wide receiver, Brandon Ayuk. Uh, and then the second day of the draft, they traded for Trent Williams of the Washington Redskins, which everybody forgets about because he sat out last year. So, you know, as, as much as it pains me to say, uh, I, I, the 49ers did address their needs, man. I mean, when you think <laughs> about this, when you think about this football team, what was it that made them special last year? It was protection for Jimmy Garoppolo That's and it was that defensive line. Yep. So, you know, this, you know, Buckner was traded to the Colts just because he was, the money was going to be, you know, way mm-hmm. too high. And the same thing with Solomon Thomas. That's why they declined his option. I mean, unless he has a, you know, tremendous year, um, I don't see him coming back either. So, um, you know, kind of just staying young at that defensive line and then just getting a solid left tackle, man, to protect Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, they they, they know their identity, right, is they're going to run the ball down, their, down the defense's throats. And, and if you try to do anything on defense, they're going to stop you because they're going to apply so much pressure. Uh, right with with all these players that they have on the defensive line, especially, I mean, we we, we didn't even talk about Nick Bosa, right? I mean, that that guy's just a dog. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, he's, I mean, he's... and they're all of them are very young are. too. Yeah, I mean, and then also, I mean, just drafting Brandon Ayuk, which you know he was a great receiver, man. And this this draft class was so deep with wide receivers that he was mm-hmm. available, what you know later on in the first round. So. Uh, Man, I would have to agree with you, man. They're going to make a strong playoff push. Uh, don't be surprised if you see them in the NFC Championship against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I said it here first. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be uh, in the NFC Championship <laughs> game. Uh, but, yes, the 49ers did address they their did. needs. They yes. really did. So, I'll, I'll go ahead and take over with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, for, for They did a lot of things, right, before we can get to that they address their needs, right? I think that overall, when you look at the big picture – I mean, they traded away David Johnson in that contract, right? And that was a big that was a big thing. But then what they got back in return, it was huge, right? It was significant. DeAndre Hopkins, right? And then now you you go into the draft. I mean, everybody's still in wow. Like you got DeAndre Hopkins to pair up with Kyler Murray, and then you're able to bring back Larry Fitzgerald. You still have Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella. Like they're really they're really tooling up that what that that offense to be able to be run the way Cliff Kingsbury has envisioned it or the way he ran it in college. Right. So when you look at their needs, it was cornerback offensive tackle, uh, wide receiver edge. So obviously wide receiver was, was, it was filled in the offseason with the trade for Deandre Hopkins. Uh, when you look at the actual, when you look at the draft, the other, the other thing that they were saying was, Hey, we need to get help for, we need an offensive tackle. Um, but the big surprise was Isaiah Simmons, right? Because, I mean, he's just a freak of nature. I mean, he could play every position. He, you know, everybody say he's a strong safety. Some say he's a linebacker. Some say he's a pass rusher, a slot corner, an outside corner. Wherever you want to put him, put him. And you can see why, right? When you're when you when you're facing off against the Russell Wilsons or you know the Forty Niners that 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 can run on any defense just. You need that type of that that type of player that can just be all over the field, does not get tired, and is just making plays for you. So I think that when they went in there with a great strategy, uh, you know, they drafted Isaiah Simmons. They came back. They didn't have a second round pick, right, because of the whole DeAndre Hopkins trade. 
Uh, but with the third pick, I think they, they their steal of the draft was Josh Jones. I thought he was a first round draft pick. I mean, I I still see it. I mean, when you put on the tape, the guy the guy has great feet. I think that that's a perfect offensive tackle, especially for you know the special unique talent that Kyler Murray is at the quarterback position. You know, he does a lot of rolling out. You know, he's trying to escape. You know, the pressure. So when you look at it overall, that they that did they feel their needs? I think that they they really met their needs when you look at the the grand the the grand scheme of things, right? Because they solidified their defensive line by adding uh, Lakai Fatu, uh, the defensive tackle out of Utah, Rashad Lawrence out of LSU, and then they also got a running back, uh, Eno Benjamin, which was Fidel's sleeper running back in our in our draft gems. So when you look at this team, it's going to be a very interesting team because they they were able to address. The, the biggest needs, you know, yeah, okay, you know, we didn't really see them get the cornerback position, the, address the cornerback, but, hey, last year they drafted a cornerback in Byron Murphy. Let's not sleep on them, and they still got Patrick Peterson still there. So let's just see how they develop, how 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 Murphy de- develops and see how this white, this white receiver core works together to get Kyler Murray, you know, the, the help Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray make the plays that he needs to make. Yes, um, I think with Arizona card, the top two picks that stand out to me would be the Isaiah Simmons pick right there in the top ten of the draft and the Eno Benjamin on pick. They lost David Johnson. They traded David Johnson to the Houston Texans. So I mean, they also, they they still got King and Drake, but they need some more running back depth there. So I think they addressed a pretty good need. Eno Benjamin, I like. I really like him at Arizona State. Played with a lot of talent around him, and he could he could run the rock. And the Isaiah Simmons pick, I think that that's that's going to be a steal for where where they. Where yeah. they drafted him at, so I think I think those two picks are perfect. I think they address two needs that needed. Yeah, let's let's not forget about you know the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Yes. I mean, sh- man, they got a steady wide receiver now to help out Kyler Murray. Um, you know what? I think they're going to be the most improved team in the NFC West. Uh, do not be surprised if this team makes the playoffs next year. Guys, is the Seattle Seahawks? Uh, real quick, you know. Seahawks have always been an enigma when it comes to the draft, right? They always, it always seems that they're, you know, reaching in the draft. Uh, before we get started on on did they meet their needs or not? Their needs were cornerback, edge def- edge rusher, offensive tackle, and guard. I think that they were able to do that pre-draft. They they were able to trade for Quentin Dunbar, who's been very productive corner and 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 fits the mold of what they what they like in their corners, right? Long and long and Long with long arms and whatnot, uh, and then they also added that with Greg Olson at tight end, and then uh, Philip Dorsett at uh, wide receiver. You know, but with with this draft, they opened a lot of eyes. You know, they got Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech. Uh, that one was that one. You know, when you have uh, you know a top level linebacker, middle linebacker like Bobby Wagner, it makes you kind of think like, what are what are they preparing for? But then second round, you know. They were able to address the edge, right? And the reason why the edge is such important to them is because they didn't know they were going to be able to re-sign Jadavian Clowney. Uh, so they got Daryl Taylor out of Tennessee. He has uh, – Daryl Taylor is a very unique prospect. He has a lot of experience playing in the uh, traditional 4-3 defensive line and in the 3-4 outside linebacker that's a rusher. Um, and then and then they were able to add some, some offensive line depth uh, with Damian Lewis out of LSU, I think overall 
you know, as the draft went on, they were able to get Alton Robinson out of Syracuse. He's another edge uh, rusher in the later rounds. I think that that's going to be a sleeper pick for them, and and he's gonna he's gonna actually surprise a lot of people. He's actually gonna probably be a contributor pretty, you know, you know, towards the end of the season for them. Overall, when you look at it, they did meet their needs, but they 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 have some holes in some of those needs. Uh, most notably, offensive tackle. I mean, you want to get that protection for Russell Wilson. You want him to be able to. You know, not have to be running for his life almost every down. Almost it feels it feels like it sometimes when you're watching him, uh, and you're watching the game tape. But I mean, overall, they left they left a lot of questions on the board, especially for the fans. Like, what kind of message are you sending out? Are you trying to recreate the Legion of Boom, right, which is your identity, or are you are you actually moving to a three four defense a three four defensive end, right? Because you, three four defensive end carries two middle linebackers, and you know, um. When you when you when you look at it, last year they drafted L J Coyer out of TCU. He's not your traditional edge defensive end. He's you know a, he's, he he was a three four out uh, defensive end. So you know there's still there's still some questions overall that they meet their needs. Yes, but there's still some holes in that and and that draft and that offseason that they had. Yes, I agree right there with you, Jerry. I think um, they reached for a lot of players in, in this past year's draft, and I think that um, the, the pick that stands out to me is the Jordan Brooks. I, I liked him at, te- at a Texas Tech, but I had him late. I had him real later on my board. I didn't think I, I didn't think he'd go probably to like the late third round or maybe even the mid third round. So I think um, they got a pretty good player there. Um, I guess you can say they addressed a need in, in terms of depth, but not a top need. I think they could have maybe got another receiver. They could have got went O-line, and could have got another corner. So I think they left some needs on the board. But I think the the grade I would give them, I just get, I, I'm going to give them an incomplete. I'm not going to say they address a major need, but it's just an incomplete. I mean, you just left me with a lot of question marks. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm going to say they're not addressed. Uh, they still have a lot of holes that they need to fill. Um, I just felt they could have done a lot better in the draft. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's why I said holes. I mean, I, I, I think that the left tackle, they've been, they've been, they've been ignoring that position for the last couple of years. Now that that Russell Wilson is the the the, the quarterback that he is today, you know, so uh, definitely, definitely, it's a team to c- continue to keep an eye on, see what they're gonna, how they're gonna, how they're gonna do this season, and then how they're gonna build off and see what they do in next year's draft. So they're always an interesting team to watch in the draft because you never know what. The, they're they're just a team that you just don't know what they're going to do with their draft. All right, guys, that's going to go ahead and do it for our um, team needs addressed or not segment uh, for the NFC. Uh, next will be the AFC, and we're going to start off with the AFC West on Friday show. All right, guys, any final thoughts before we get off the air tonight? Um, not only thought I have, you know, um, there's a little rumor going out today that Cam Newton could be getting some interest from the Seahawks. They could be begging him on. There wasn't a lot of interaction there, a lot of news. I mean, there wasn't a lot of build-up news of them talking about it, but it's just something I've seen across the wire today. But other than that, um, not, not, not much. No, I mean, we're seeing that the draft classes are almost – I mean, everybody's building a lot of traction on signing their draft class, so that's that's always a, a good – a good sign, right? When you're able to dra- sign your entire draft class, I think there's already been a handful of teams that have been able to do that. All right, guys. And Friday we have we have a very special announcement. Uh, exciting times for the East West Football Podcast. 
Um, so we're just excited to share that news with you on Friday. Also on Friday, we will have CFL agent Jimmy Robinson that will be joining the show. Yes. Yeah, stay tuned. Very excited, guys. We've got some big news. Uh, we The special guest that we're bringing on also, uh, excited, we're excited to bring him on, on board and help you know, get that exposure out there, guys, that, that knowledge, you know, the game knowledge that, that we, that we all seek for. Right. So, uh, stay tuned. All right, guys, that's going to go to do it for the East West football podcast. Again, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you on Friday. Have a good night. Have a good night. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, is that the No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big hole. Touchdown! On this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives' activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.